0: Welcome to the Bearded IT Dad Podcast, where technology meets career development. Join us as we talk with industry experts, get advice and insight about their expertise and real-world experience in the information technology field. have to learn to learn on your own. The number one thing you
1: can do to get out of the help desk or out of any entry-level position is be exceedingly good at your current position. The elephant in the room, right? Money is obviously a a certain barrier and roadblock, but I would charge and and, and argue against that. There are
0: so many resources out there available for free on the internet. From starting your IT journey to advancing your career, you'll get actionable tips and practical advice to help you succeed in this ever-evolving industry. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of IT.
2: On average, working for the same employer for more than two years will cause you to earn less over your lifetime as much as 50%, but sometimes more. This was reported by a Forbes article, as you can see here. CNBC released an article talking about how a 34-year-old increased her salary by $194,000 after job hopping only six times. There is no doubt if you want to make the big bucks in IT, you're going to have to move around. But... There is risk involved with this if done incorrectly. So in today's video, we have Caleb McMurtry back with us for part three of this series, and we are talking about what you need to look out for before making a job switch, all that and more after this.
1: Over over the course of like 20 years, like employees that didn't jump employers lost like 50% of the total pay that employee then employees that did jump like once every 2 years which is kind of interesting not you know a short amount of time like you've had so much success in this position so you know, it's really all about just finding the position that's like right for you. But
2: yeah, you know. and, and, and even more so not the position, but the organization, because no two organizations are alike. Um, and there are the few diamonds in the rough, um, you know, that the organizations that pay a, a, a above average salary, a decent salary and treat their employers good. Um, and sometimes you got to weigh that when you're making your decision, like, yeah, I could make a little bit more money, but I'm I am I going to be happy at that organization or are they going to work, work my tail off and I'm going to be miserable? You know, that's, that's all things you got to think of when you're deciding, are you going to jump employers? Um, but like I said, unfortunately I think the, the more common scenario is you're going to have to job hop to, to make the, make the larger incomes.
1: Yeah. What on on the, the, like good organization, right? like, how do you how do you evaluate while you're interviewing whether or not an organization has like a good culture and like the manager that you'd be working under is somebody that would be supporting you
2: yeah um. You know, it's just kind of, I, I kind of read their personality and um, it's difficult when you're interviewing, um, because you're, you're, you're getting like a split second look into that company. And if you, you know, if you blink, you might miss an important note. Uh, but just kind of how they conduct themselves. Are they professional? Are they, do they talk like they're expect the world out of you and you got to work hard or do they listen to your opinion you bring to the table? Um, i i really value that my company values my opinion they they really no matter even if it's the dumbest idea i come up with they'll still sit down and listen to it and uh you know and they'll be they'll give me honest feedback as well uh you know and you you just i don't know if i have a good answer on how to to judge that i mean what's your thoughts on that uh how can you tell during like the interview process if that if that company culture is going to be a good fit for you
1: yeah. You know, it's so hard because it's the the interview phase. It's like, I, I want to say it's kind of like dating, but it's like, you know, you're both putting your best foot forward. And then like, uh, yeah, as opposed to like, you know, marriage where you're like, you're just together 24 seven and then it's like all like the rose colored glasses are off. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You are a human being, you know? <laughs> it, and so like, I, I think one of the things that like, speaking of being married, my wife like helped me with, with like, you know, the interview process, right. And, 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 trying to do those kinds of assessments was, was hitting people up on LinkedIn and, and kind of asking their, you know, their opinions and their stories. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people won't respond, but sometimes if they do, you'll get some pretty interesting feedback. Um, I've, I've dodged a couple bullets doing that, uh, you know, where some people, you know, and maybe it was just, you know, I, I reach out to the wrong person. But you know, they definitely gave some feedback that I was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the right time, or the right time, or the yeah. right organization for me to be applying to right now. Um, yeah, and, and stuff like that. You know, it's it's a, in the interview process, it's blink and you miss it. So definitely, like taking notes while you're while you're interviewing, and really, you know, it's re- remembering that they're not only interviewing you; you're interviewing them. It's it's a mutual yeah. agreement for for you to be there. So, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. And
2: I think that that kind of gets overlooked when you're just starting out in the field. But as you start getting into those better and better positions... As you job hop, it's a bigger and bigger risk you're taking, um, you know. So that's one good thing to consider. And actually, I was fortunate enough, my very first job, I reached out to the hiring manager. Um, and um, oh, it was, it was my, my boss, you know, that, what I've been at the time. And uh, reached out to him, and he actually invited me out to, for a beer to kind of unformally, like, hey, just to let you know, we – there is this one person that's a little over the top and is not a good mesh with everyone type of thing and i want to see how you think about that and i that that was super amazing i thought actually and you know i i i told them well every organization has one you know and thank you for letting me know but i think i can handle myself (laughs) and it ended up being just fine but um you know the, it opens the opportunity to that. And I'm not saying, you know, reach out to the hiring person and ask it to buy him a beer. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, just strike up that conversation. Like you're saying, um, you can get some very useful insight and, you know, sometimes depending on who you talk to, you might find out that who man, they, you know, like five people are on the way out the door. And that's why the position opened. You know, the something's happened in the organization and everything's going south. So that, that's, that's yeah. a great point. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's something, you know, to really think of when you're trying to advance your career.
1: No, 100 percent. I think you made a really good point on people leaving like high, high turnover rates. Definitely a, a key indicator for for really more the organization as a whole. But it could be I mean, if it is like a specific role in a team, you know, maybe there is maybe there is something to that. Um, so I think that that's a, a pretty good indicator to, to key in on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but also, again, take it with a grain of salt because maybe all those people they yeah. hired weren't the quite the right people. And, um, you know, there is, like, in my position I am now, there was a decent amount of turnover when I entered. Um, and my boss had re- some, I could tell he had some reservations about letting too loose on the reins and just letting me run with things because – previous people screwed things up you know what i mean he had lost trust Um, but over a year i gained that trust and found out that he's one of the best bosses i had i've been very fortunate Um, in two of my longest jobs i've had i've had some of the best management um, which really goes a long way i will take a pay cut to have a boss that always has my back and stands behind me all the time uh, versus making maybe an extra 10 grand but being miserable and having someone that's constantly trying to replace me, um, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. 1000%. And I've, I've looked out, you know, myself with, with, with bosses and supervisors. I feel like I've had some really excellent, you know, bosses so far. Um, I have seen some, seen some folks that wasn't the same story and they were making pretty good coin, but yeah, their lives were miserable. They were getting worked to death and their bosses were very, very bad to them. So yeah, that's Absolutely. not necessarily to say all, like, high-paying jobs are terrible. But, yeah, the, the boss is a very, very critical part of the equation.
2: <laughs> yeah. One, one thing you kind of also have to look into, and um, it varies, and especially if you're going into, like, a, maybe, a, like, a penetration testing, if that's your desire. Um, one thing you have to factor in is the amount of travel a job might have. Um, I learned that out kind of the hard way uh, with my first job up front they told me there's um some travel was involved and they told me like 10 20 percent uh travel which was 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 nothing at the time which ended up being way more but um if you have a family you know um you know a a spouse or even more so kids or something like that travel can really wear you down um you know by the time i left my very first job uh there's times I was gone on the road like three months straight, only home on the weekends. Um, and that that can really take a toll. Um, and I, I was burnt out. I, I was considering leaving tech uh, just because I just hated being on the road. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Some people love being on the road um, all the time. Um, but, you know, like I had... Three young kids at home. Um, and I was missing spending time with them, missing them, you know, walking and stuff like that. Um, and I was just miserable. So, just another thing to consider when you are going out there and applying, you know, and looking at jobs.
1: Yeah, 100%.
2: So, um, you want to, you mind talking a little bit? Um, you know, I've I watched actually a video on your channel, but I, I kind of want to hear your story on what really inspired you to move into cybersecurity.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of always been around me, I guess, like, uh, my, my dad's a college professor and he actually teaches cybersecurity. So he got me familiar with it, but he also kind of like, you know, kept it like I, I'd ask some questions and then he, he, he'd point me in the right direction. So I'd really have to like, go figure it out for myself. Um, that sounds bad, but it just kind of like got me on, it, it taught me how to teach myself things, right? Um, and, and so, I just kind of liked that. <laughs> this sounds weird. I like the cat and mouse game of like offense versus defense. Uh, it's something like it's. It's I enjoy football because like offense does something, then defense like shifts, and then offense shifts back, and it's kind of fun. And then it's similar with like cybersecurity. You know, it's kind of like this this back and forth where an exploit comes out, defense shifts, you know, offense, you know, counteracts, and it's you know, like game theory. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty intriguing to me. Um, and then it's like, you know, kind of technical. So you really have to like, you know, think it's not necessarily, you know, something you can kind of like fall asleep at the wheel doing. Um, so the challenge is pretty enjoyable. Uh, hacking is cool. You know, who doesn't, who doesn't like a little bit of hacking, <laughs> but yeah. And the need is, the need is pretty real. Uh, you know, a lot of folks, well, everybody needs cybersecurity, but, you know, the, the need out there is never going to go away. Everyone's, you know, they're always going to need it. So it's, you know, wherever you're working, you know, you're, you're ultimately helping people. And I think that's pretty good.
2: Absolutely, um, I know this varies from job to job, but uh, a lot of people are interested in, in like cybersecurity because they think it's a high pace, you know, fast paced, high adrenaline position. Um, what has your experience been in the field?
1: You know, I think it really depends. <laughs> you know, it's it's also dependent, and I hate to keep saying that because it's it's going to sound no, absolutely cliche or a cop out, but I do feel like it it really is highly dependent um, for. Uh, you know, orgs that like have, have a small team, you're probably going to be pretty busy. You know, everyone's plate's probably going to be pretty full all the time. Um, If you're on a bigger team, you know, maybe they can distribute the workload a little bit and you'll have some, you know, it's not going to be crazy. Um, You're not going to be losing your mind. There's going to be like, you know, high tide and low tide. There's going to be some times where there's just not a lot going on and not necessarily chill out. That's probably the, the time to be the most vigilant because <laughs> if there's nothing going on, there's really something going on. You haven't figured it out yet. Um, but then there's the, you know, crazy busy season where, where a lot of things are popping off and then it can actually be kind of, you know, you know, pretty, pretty rapid. So it's, it's so varied. Um, and that's kind of one of the fun things about it is, you know, it, things can happen at any time. Like remember like log 4j coming out. Uh, it just kind of seemingly happened out of nowhere, and there's you know, we're still it's still a thing (laughs) that exists out Uh, there. So, I'm so
2: thankful I sidestepped that one, (laughs) but yes, it I I saw it and I just remember hearing it. I'm like, crap, this is this like affects everything. Like, um, and and luckily, um, we we were in a good position for that and didn't really have to deal with that. So
1: that's good. That's good. I mean, I figure just hey, unplug Java. Like, just don't use Java. You know,
2: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Way,
1: way easier said than done. But just don't use Java. It's fine.
2: Yeah. So much <laughs> stuff. Even though you know, it, you know, end of life has happened and come and gone. You know, it's just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so. You know, earlier we are talking about, you know, constantly learning in the cybersecurity field or really any job in IT. You have to constantly be learning because things are constantly changing. I think even more so in cybersecurity because you find new threats and new vulnerabilities every day. How do you find yourself keeping up to to speed with the ever-changing environments?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, this is kind of one of those things where it's like social media can be a pretty good aid. Um I like recommend to people that it's like it can be like the best it can be your best friend but it can also be your worst enemy it's entirely dependent on how you manage it and so like i'll kind of like rely on twitter uh, a lot there's a lot of excellent cybersecurity folks on there um and other like you know it and tech folks that are that are talking about all kinds of cool stuff they will share some really excellent insights they'll share some of the research they're working on like and uh, I think Log4j is like, you know, kind of tying that back to that, like one of those excellent examples, like whenever a big vulnerability happens or a massive breach happens, like people, people talk about it and they'll share their thoughts. They'll dig into it and kind of publish a little bit of their research. And you can really learn a lot just by scrolling the Twitter feed. And uh, you know, I say manage it right because, you know, if you're following a lot of the wrong folks or, you know, you're, you're not necessarily managing the feed quite effectively, then it can easily become quite distracting, um, or you know, can really impact the mental health in a way that's not that great. But yeah, you know, as long as you're 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 keeping it, you know, kind of in line, it it's a huge help. It is a very, very excellent resource
2: yeah i i i find myself personally tuning in on um, a lot to like security weeklies podcasts um yeah. sometimes even tuning into like threat wires as well uh, by hack five um that's where i i tend to tune in the most time because i'll it's something i can turn in t- turn on on my way into work kind of start getting myself into that mindset just kind of passively listen you know something will happen i'll be like oh I should look at that, you know, type of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, question for you. So in like the networking world, we, a lot of times will build our own home labs and, you know, set up switches, routers and stuff and try to practice on different configurations, break it, build it a different way. Is there really a, a home lab you can build in cybersecurity?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really doing a lot of the same stuff, like building a network and then breaking it and, you know, building it again, um, building like an active directory, you know, trying to hack it, uh, download, like there's a, you know, Vulnhub or some of the other ones, like Hack the Box is a great one, uh, where you can like download a, a vulnerable image or a, a vulnerable uh, VM and go after that. Like there's so many things you can do with a home lab. It, That's one of the best ways to kind of learn and practice on your own is have your own personal environment to, you know, fire off a bunch of exploits and learn how to use a bunch of tools and stuff like that against something that is designed to be blown up, you know, hacked in a lot of different ways.
2: What an amazing talk. Now, the thing is, even after we covered all that great advice in today's video, there's still more to consider if you want to make over six figures quickly in the IT field. So if you want more information on how to quickly climb the career ladder and start making real money, make sure you check out this next video that will help set yourself up for success when making those changes. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time,
0: take it easy. Thanks for tuning in to the Bearded IT Dad. We hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to rate and leave a review as it helps more people find the show. If you want more of the Bearded IT Dad, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for additional career tips and IT insights. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms for updates on new episodes and exclusive content. Until next time, keep learning.